Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. Nature experts have come up with three easy keys to avoid a polar bear attack. It turns out Arctic tourism is rapidly becoming a thing, with more and more people planning trips above the Arctic Circle to see the sights because, A, it's virtually deserted there, and, B, it's a rare and beautiful landscape that could disappear as we know it, and, C, because there are polar bears. And while having an appearance of being cute, a la the Coca-Cola bears that you see on commercials at Christmas time, those things can actually kill you without giving a second thought. But experts say there are three ways you can protect yourself from polar bears, and those are carry bear spray, which is like pepper spray but on steroids, carry a gun as a last line of defense, but you're far more far more likely to get away from a polar bear by getting naked. If you come face-to-face with a bear, the best thing you can do if it starts towards you is to back away, peel off your clothes one item at a time, and leave them on the ground so the bear will stop and sniff each one leaving you free to escape running across the Arctic buck naked. You have no idea, Cliff, how many clothes I would have wrapped on me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say just the sight of a human being naked would, would repel the bear. Just you. Our morning road show thought of the day is this. Okay. By the time you say to me, to make a long story short, mm-hmm. it's too late it should have been shorter to begin with. <laughs> Mercy. I ran into that this weekend, yeah. Cliff. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Oh, a guy was telling me a story, a buddy of mine, and it was like, to make a long story short, no, dude, <laughs> we've passed that point. That ship has <laughs> that, sailed. That ship has sailed. <laughs> yes. You know, Cliff, I have a strange feeling, just from the tone of your voice there, that we're yeah. all going to be slightly ashamed of the new thing from science this morning. I don't know I why. Would, I just have that feeling. A, it's the tone I mean, of your voice, Cliff. <laughs> I mean, if you watch if you watch late night TV, you know some of those commercials for some of those products that they say will you know help keep the weight off, burns the fat away, and and keeps the weight off. Once you, a lot of that stuff is like I don't know, hokey pokey, <laughs> funny business. This is actual science. Does it involve a wizard by any chance? No, it does not involve oh, a wizard. Doggone it. <laughs> that's, that's the commercial that would excite me, Cliff. Yeah. If I could call 1-800-THE-WIZARD and he could help me lose weight. <laughs> we now some exciting news from the world of science and nutrition. One of the things about dieting that's the most difficult to deal with is not only losing weight, if that's what you want to do, but also keeping it off once you hit the goal. Now, researchers at Ben-Gurion University in Israel say they may have unlocked the secret to keeping the pounds off once they're gone. Now, a few hours of late-night television infomercials will likely see someone trying to sell you any one of a dozen different ways to lose weight and keep it off, but this one not only has the backing of science, it's also been approved by the Morning Roadshow Department of Just in Time for Breakfast! Though scientists say that taking specialized frozen microbiome capsules at goal weight has been proven in initial studies to keep the weight off. And if you're asking what exactly are frozen microbiome capsules, I'll tell you. It's special pills made of your own poop. 
The groundbreaking 14-month study in Israel saw test subjects eat a variety of diets for six months. They then submitted fecal samples that were turned into frozen, opaque, and odorless pills. Some then took placebos, and some did in fact take their own poop pills. Those who got the turd tablets showed the best performance in weight loss and keeping it off areas. Well, those were the ones who were taking the poop pills. Those scientists readily admit it's kind of a good news, bad news kind of thing. The good news, of course, being that one can be successful in a weight loss journey, and the bad news is it involves eating your own poop. I hate you, Cliff Ingram. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because of stuff like that. Yuck. <laughs> I was going to say... I had to do with it. It was the science involved. There were scientists studying this. Uh -huh. They had test subjects. I don't know if we've ever done this before on this program. I know we haven't done this. What, what am I what saying? Is that? What I are think, you talking? I think I'm going to put you, Cliff, in the potty mouth timeout right now. Why would you say that? Why I'm would just... you? Why would you give me that story? <laughs> why would I give it to you? Yes, <laughs> because it's news from the world of science. It will help people with their if, if that's the goal they choose with their um, you know weight management. If that's what they want to do, I'd rather be fat. <laughs> I guess, like, I was just, uh, does, does it leave a bad taste in your mouth when you take the poop pill? <laughs> I mean, it says it was tasteless, but that doesn't mean, you know, there's not going to be a little, kind of like that burp thing, you know, <laughs> that you get sometimes. Okay, all right, I'll quiet, stop. <laughs> I'm just asking, I'm just asking questions. That's well, stop asking does. questions, stop, stop. <laughs> Forget all you know, Cliff Ingram, Forget it all. <laughs> well, this is just great, Cliff. What's that? I what was just about? sitting here thinking while Rascal yeah. Flats was singing. Yeah. I was thinking I'd love to feel even worse about how lazy I've been this year. <laughs> and this story <laughs> popped up. Okay. Well over 50% of all of us, except yeah. for me, yeah. have used the extra time that they've been indoors over the last six months to do home improvement projects. Spruce okay. up the house. Make it look a little bit better. Yeah. And the average person, it says, has completed four projects around wow. the house okay. that they've been putting off for years. And I started on a project, Cliff. Yeah. You know, I don't know what that's called because I'm not a carpenter or a construction guy by any means. But around your yeah. ha windows in your house, yeah. there's that little, you know, paneling stuff, you know, kind of like frames it on the inside. Yeah. Molding or whatever they call that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, in my house, when the wind blows, you can't hardly light a candle because it goes right through the windows. <laughs> and so I thought about taking that little molding off of there on all my windows yeah. in the house and yeah. putting insulation in there, which would be smart and save me money. Well, you're absolutely right. I took one of those panels off, just one, yeah. mm -hmm. and I thought, this is too complicated and hard. And that's my home improvement so far. <laughs> Did you put it back on? No, it's still in the floor, leaning against the window. <laughs> Have you ever done that kind of work before? Not specifically that. It's tedious. It's tedious because I have a friend who does that, and I said I was going to yeah. accomplish this. And he says, mm -hmm. as old as your house is, be yeah. careful. Because if you break one of those, mm -hmm. you'll never find one that looks exactly like that. <laughs> no. That's a lot of pressure on you, Cliff, when you're trying yeah, to pry to the not, Basically, it's pressure to not mess up. And you know how I am under pressure. 
I also know how you are about messing up. <laughs> there you go. Well, okay. Well, Cliff, I'm sitting here this morning a little bit um, upset yeah. with myself. Uh, where's my manners? Your manners? Yes. What are you talking about? Well, how was your weekend? It was fine. Why? As we completely changed the subject away from I the other. I was going to say, we're, we're steering away from the poop. Yeah. We, <laughs> I always try to steer away from that. <laughs> always try to steer away from the poop. And yet you have like a laser detector on you somehow that guides you like a missile right to it. My weekend was pretty boring. It was, huh? To the point of I started to do the dishes, and that's the main yeah. emphasis there. I started to do them. And got distracted by the dishwashing liquid bottle that was sitting there on the sink. <laughs> How could you possibly just get distracted to the point of not even being able to do the dishes? I have the warm water in the sink. Yeah. I'm getting ready to put the liquid soap in there. Yeah. And I started reading the directions and what it was made out of. And the ingredients is what threw me off. Okay. Because I read on there that it was made with real lemons. Okay. But my lemon juice in the refrigerator is mostly yeah. artificial ingredients. And I thought, what is messed <laughs> up with this? Yeah, we're putting the real lemons in the soap. And we're putting the fake lemons in the lemon juice. <laughs> my hands don't care that it's real lemons, but my no. tongue actually wants to taste a real lemon. And so I just drained the water out of the sink cliff, and I've still got the dishes sitting in there. Just sitting there. <laughs> well, I'd like to tell you now about a West Virginia man named Damian Turner, the 28-year-old, like many now, having trouble finding a job and keeping it. But his employment issues have less to do with the pandemic and more to do with something called ABDL. I'll tell you what that is in just a minute. But first, let me say that while Turner interviews well and has gotten several job offers, it's when potential employers look up his social media accounts that he finds himself out of the running for those jobs. And now I will tell you that ABDL stands for Adult Baby Diaper Lover, which of course means that he owns no underwear, only disposable adult-sized diapers, but ones with the cute little kid printing on them, and he wears them all day, doing what people do in diapers in them probably doesn't help his job prospects that most of his online world is pictures of him in a diaper with no pants. No word on who actually changes it for him. Why would I even wonder? <laughs> I that don't know. Never even dawned on me except <laughs> no, yes. Who would who would who would be changing his diaper? The only thing I thought of is how do you know it's got cute little prints on it? There were pictures of it in the story. <laughs> and you looked had to read the story. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty lengthy. That's kind of a standard answer. And, you know, they might get there and go, oh, we just need to reset this breaker or what, and then it'll come back on, you know, something like that. So we'll see here just to, in just a little while what happens. Well, I've got my money on a squirrel. <laughs> you know, I believe you're right. If, uh, I'm going to go with squirrel. He's I'm the go, favorite. He's the He's got he's the lead right now going around the uh, last of the turn, Cliff, I think so. He's also, also pretty crispy. <laughs> yes, the crispy squirrel for the win. Did you see over the weekend, Cliff, the uh, sheep that was purchased in Scotland for a record-setting price? I did. I remember how much it was, but it was like an insane amount of money for a single sheep. $490,000. Wow. <laughs> for a one sheep. For one sheep. Just in case you wanted more evidence... 
yeah. that the Scots like to drink. There it is right there, Cliff. Right there. $500,000 almost for one <laughs> sheep. That's bad. Uh, no, 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 no. Stop. You knew it was coming. I did not know that. I wasn't even thinking of that. But I should no, have known that. Oh, mercy. Cliff, the AP News, did you hear that? Uh, I heard some of it, yeah. Did you hear about the Boston Marathon? They're going to do it virtually. Yeah, I saw that. I heard that. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, strange. That sounds sounds like they're stealing stuff from us here on this program, but there's not a lot of effort (laughs) put into anything. (laughs) And I understand, Cliff, the electric is back on. Is that true? Yes, I've been uh, monitoring the uh, Duke Energy uh, outage page, and there, there's one or two customers sporadically for maybe about a total of three or so. Uh, but by and large, uh, service has been restored to downtown Princeton and points to the north. All right. Well, that's good to know and good to hear because you said possibly 1 o'clock in the afternoon before they got that fixed. And yeah. Did you find out what the trouble was? Was it Crispy Squirrel for the win? <laughs> I, I did not. I mean, they just they just said the power came back on. They didn't say why it went off in the first place. Well, I've still got my money on him. He seems crispy to squirrel. Uh, he seems yeah. to win an awful lot of those contests. He does. Unnecessary worry, Cliff. I know that's what it is, but it still worries me to death. Unnecessary worry. Yes, and it doesn't do you any good. But I'm I'm debating how many I should buy. How many? What are you talking about? Well, I don't want to have a surplus of these face masks because someday this is all going to end. Yeah. And I don't want to be stuck along with millions of other folks with all of these face masks that I have nothing to do with and then just throw them away. I mean, that's wasteful. (laughs) And they cost a lot of money when you go buy them. Yeah. So I don't know how many to buy, Cliff. Should I just stay with the seven that I have or should I go more? So you're using the fabric ones, correct? Correct. You, and, and you wash those? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess maybe one way to look at it is buy what you need for now, and then at some point in the future, you know, because we do hope that we can put all this behind us at some point. Whatever you have that's then become surplus, you can probably come up with some other way to use them. I mean, you're you're good with that. You've got the white lab coat and the safety glasses, and you can go figure out some other way to use these face masks. I, I don't know what I would do with them, though, Cliff. <laughs> well, the answer, of course, is you'd turn them into thongs. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not that you'd wear them or anything. <laughs> you know, I might, and I might. Oh my. I might on both of those. That's not I'm a bad idea this weekend. Sorry I brought that up. <laughs> oh, Cliff, this just hit me while Scotty McCrary was singing what? there. What hit you? This take it to the bank one of these days is going to take yeah. off so big, people will drive yeah. by my house like a drive through yeah. and I'll shout out facts and figures to people as they drive by it's like drive through banking by my house yeah well our take it to the bank today is about the olympics as i mentioned the okay. very first time they were ever televised was in 1936 yeah. in nazi germany yes at they, the berlin games they were broadcast to 25 special viewing rooms in germany now the first <laughs> time it was televised worldwide cliff you were correct 1964. Well, yeah, 1964. That was uh, basically, by that point, we had uh, satellite by then. The coolest one to me was the 19, 
not that I was around to see it, mind you, but the, to know the history of it, is the Rome Summer Olympics in 1960. There were no satellites then, so CBS recorded the videotape and then chartered a plane to fly it to New York to put it on the air. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm totally serious. That... There, was only like, there was only like 20 hours of coverage. But the only way that they could get it there would be to fly it from Rome to New York. That's some expensive coverage right there. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> well, all of that you can take straight oh, to the oh, bank. Oh, here's here's one more. Oh, okay. The Winter Olympics in 1960, Squaw Valley, California, that was like the first time it was on regular TV in the U.S. And during one of the ski events... The judge couldn't tell if the slalom skier missed the gate, so they went to the CBS truck and said, hey, can we look at your videotape? And then someone said, that's a good idea. We should invent we should invent instant replay. <laughs> so instant replay came about because of the Winter Olympics in 1960. And my fear of ski jumping came from Wild World of Sports. <laughs> oh, the agony of defeat. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know... We should play that at the end of every program. <laughs> oh, we don't have to play it, Cliff. Oh, we it, live it. Cliff, anything said today? Phrases of the day, starboard number three. The agony of defeat. <laughs> Ironically, I never put two and two together until our discussion of the Olympics is that we're just like this ski jumper fallen to his defeat. Yes. <laughs> number two. I always try to steer away... From the poop. Promise. <laughs> yeah. No, that was you that said that. Yeah, that's me, yes. <laughs> Everybody knows better than that. The number one morning morning roadshow phrase for today. The crispy squirrel for the win. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.